today for shots. 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 Anybody? Shots. All right. It is another episode of Shots right here on Liquid Gold. We own this town.net, the We Own This Town podcast network. Shout out to Michael Eads, our producer, Upright T-Rex Music, Jess Matchin for the lovely logo. My name's Mike Wolf with you today. Homie Kenneth Edmund on the line calling from the Broken Spoke parking lot out by uh, Trinity Lane. There you go. (laughs) This is Liquid Gold, a podcast about beverages, about all the things you put in your glass. And for shots, where we tackle one topic, one drink, one ingredient. Today, we've got a double shot for you, a double shots episode, our first ever. We know it's a hot summer. We know that it's a restless summer. You're getting ready for making drinks in your home bar. And today, we're going to talk about the power and the beauty of fresh lime juice. Today, we're talking about Kenneth, my man. We are talking about the Ricky and... The kamikaze. The kamikaze being the original shot, potentially, other than just people doing rye whiskey like us. I'll take a shot of rye, barkeep. A double shot of rye. There you go. I always thought that was funny. Uh, Todd Sherwood down at the five spot always talked about his favorite drink was the Irish Law Firm, which was a shot of Jameson and another shot of Jameson. There you go. (laughs) That's great. Jameson and Jameson. So we're going to get into the kamikaze shot in a little bit. It's a fascinating topic. Um, It's really cooler than anyone realizes, I think. Maybe if the drink itself isn't cool, the place that came up with it is definitely cool. I do want to mention I have a really special announcement. A new book, Lost Spring, How We Cocktailed Through Crisis. Something I've been working on here for the last couple months. I've got a bunch of Nashvilles and other cities, finest mixologists involved in it and contributing cocktails. It has some recipes, a lot of really cool home bar techniques and thoughts from some of the best and brightest from the industry about how it's been getting through quarantine, getting through this crazy period and also with the tornado devastation here in Nashville. And that's what the book is for. It will benefit victims of the tornado here in Nashville and Middle Tennessee, as well as folks affected by COVID-19. I want to thank everybody over at Turner Publishing, Stephanie Bowman, who really had the idea to do something special and to make something of this crazy time period here in Nashville and as well as in other cities, but a very unique perspective a lot of the service industry folks here have because having gone through the tornado, and a lot of the service industry here in East Nashville especially was affected by that. So there's some some thoughts about this whole unique time period we're in, what people miss about bartending, what people miss about working with what was essentially their, their second families. So Lost Spring, How We Cocktailed Through Crisis, will be out uh, as an ebook first and at turnerpublishing.com and uh, will come out as a uh, hardcover beautiful real book next i think we're looking at next may so really excited about that jess matchin of liquid gold fame did a beautiful cover we'll be posting that and uh just look forward to sharing a lot of uh really heartfelt thoughts that people had about this intense time and giving folks some recipes and uh there's some fun features in there thanks to everybody from turner and we'll have more info on the show 
about when that book is coming out. But first, we're going to talk a little bit about the Ricky here. Now, the Ricky is the official drink this month in Washington, D.C., where Kenneth and I are extending both middle fingers in the direction of Washington, D.C. But you've got some friends there. We've got friends there. Yeah, we got friends there. We don't mean to flip them off. The general... Uh, somewhere around there. We're trying to flip off somewhere up there. We are. around there in that area. Yeah. Our friends are close. Yeah, we've got helicopter middle fingers flying all through the city. Um, but the Gin Ricky, really great summer summertime drink. It's a cooler. It's a drink that you drink sort of light and refreshing with soda water to really give it some nice effervescence. It's a highball. It's a highball. Beautiful. The Gin Ricky, which is really the, the classic that stood the test of time, is what came out of the invention of the Ricky itself, uh, which later became a family of drinks because the, the Ricky itself was originally a rye whiskey drink. Some history, there's a really great Imbibe magazine article about this. They talk about the history of the Ricky. This was uh, Ted High, famous spirits writer, amazing dude. He wrote a really cool thing about the Ricky, and uh, I'm going to quote him here. He talked about Joe Ricky who uh, came up with this drink, helped popularize it. Joe Ricky may be best remembered for his role in the popularization of the Ricky, but he walked with the great men of his era. He was a popular figure, first in Missouri politics and later in the nation's capital from the 1870s into the new century. He was a devout Democrat. He successfully campaigned for President Grover Cleveland in 1884 and 1892. He was appointed to the Military Organization Committee of Cleveland's inauguration. He uh, less successfully stumped for Williams Jennings Bryant in the 1896 election that saw Republican William McKinley elected president. He was said to have lost substantial money betting some Republicans on Bryant's victory. The stakes were drinks, Ricky's, of course. Um... So kind of fascinating. This is a drink that he came up with. People say they can tie it back to the hot summer of 1883. It was a summer campaign season, and the bartender George Williamson prepared this to uh, the Colonel Joe Ricky's specifications, rye whiskey, fresh lime juice, and some soda water. And uh, the, the, the whole family of drinks would become popular, Ricky's, and gin just kind of won out in this whole battle, and that is the Ricky that we know of today. So I can give a little recipe here real quick. I would say one and a half, because it is a cooler, so you don't want to go too heavy. You're going to drink multiple Ricky's probably. So I'd say one and a half gin or rye, if you want to do the original. I would say three-quarter ounce of fresh lime juice. And top with soda water, and that's right. It's a it's a lazy man's drink. It's a uh, if you're one of those like no sugar freaks, I guess this is your drink. Now I will say, if I'm making one, I'm gonna sneak in a little agave. Like let's be honest, I'm not doing just lime juice and soda. That's not my thing. Sure. I want a little bit. You know, I want to really enjoy it. It's like I'm going to the trouble of making a cocktail. So I'm gonna add a little agave, maybe a touch of honey, just a touch of sweetness to it. The, the sour acidity from the lime juice and the soda water combines to really be liquid air conditioning, Kenneth. Yeah. 
spirits. You can also perhaps forego the the uh, the rye whiskey and get a bourbon, which is traditionally a little sweeter as well. If you if you're really into like the no sugar shit, which I understand, but uh, I do think rye with a wee bit like a hint of sugar, a pinch of sugar, whatever you fucking call it, like really is a uh, exhilarating. Yes, in these times, a drink with this simplicity, bracing refreshment is exhilarating. I would agree. Now, uh, you can also, I do believe I've had one before with both uh, gin and whiskey, which uh, I dumped, uh, I, uh, I dubbed the uh, Guns N' Roses, which is basically more like a, a realm of beverages that involve gin and whiskey. Like when someone says a Guns N' Roses, I am thinking... If I am doing this, about one-third of the gin um, in proportion to the amount of whiskey that you're using. And those all fall into a category of beverages that I call the Guns and Roses, which all involve gin and whiskey at the same time. Sounds dangerous, because it's like, it's like the rider for Guns and Roses, you know, maybe Slash, he wants whiskey, and then Axel's like, no, I need gin for my gin and tonic spritzers. And the stoner sound guy is the guy that's freaking taking care of all this. And, and he's mixing both of them. <laughs> he's just mixing them all together. <laughs> sounds, sounds about right. <laughs> well, the Ricky is super cool. It's super simple. Yeah, mix them both together. See what you think if you're having a tough day. That's, that's a tough day beverage right there. But yeah. it's super light and um, great for summer. And if you do want to make the... Classic gin, Ricky, that has stood the test of time. We gave that recipe, so you're good to go. This is a drink you could add Angostura to. It's a drink you could add orange bitters to, maybe a lemon bitters. You can definitely get creative with it. It's a good template. And with, imagine... Always, uh, always nerd out on your soda water. Always nerd out on Oh, yeah, you could do the, the bubbly. You know, there's like that bubbly, like grapefruit bubbly. Um, that would be amazing. Yeah, you can get wild with those flavors now. And you could do it. Tell me about your white claw Ricky. I've heard uh, I've heard rumors that you're you're making some white claw Rickies in Cleveland Park. Is that true? Do you have like a little yeah, cart uh, that you're wheeling around the neighborhood? Well, you gotta have a can opener because I'm basically like chopping the top off of these cans. Um, but yeah, uh, same same recipe as as before, Mike and. I don't know, like, if you really don't, if you don't have a way to measure three-quarters of an ounce of lime juice, y'all, just chop a lime in half, squeeze it with your hand, toss it in there. That, yeah. That's golden. But yeah, yeah, I've been, I've been using the, uh, I've been going with the, uh, the ruby red grapefruit uh, white claw. It kind of has, like, a, kind of like a weird chemically celery aftertaste that goes really well with lime juice and... Uh, and gin, I imagine. Yeah, and gin, of course. Wow. Uh, it's 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 really great if you keep those cans cold like you know you, you could put one in your pocket for later and in imbibing in the one that you have right in front of you go for it yeah it's a white claw summer again that's amazing that sounds great i think i just admitted a little too much there mike <laughs> <laughs> but there's not a lot of instruction to the drink anyway so have fun with it i, I mean people people do all kinds of wild stuff with it simply because the, I mean, the recipe is incredibly basic. There's three things. It's feel free to throw anything, anything else in there that, that you enjoy. There's a quote from the Washington Post during the end of the 1894 Democratic Convention, quote, 
The convention adjourned along about half past two o'clock this morning, and from that time until long after daybreak, there was great joy everywhere. <laughs> they were partying. The favorite joy producers were Rickies of various makes and of various degrees of strength. There were gin Rickies and whiskey Rickies and brandy Rickies and every other kind of Ricky known to mortal man, end quote. So that's that's beautiful because uh, they didn't have to describe what the Ricky was. They were just saying, we're it's lit and we're getting fucked up on Rickies and it's the 1894 Democratic Convention. Kind of a cool story, uh, a, a DC story in a way, a political story in intense times. So many beverages come out of DC and I really just got to think that it's, you know, like the melting pot of all of these very prominent, prominent politicians who enjoy the finest beverages, uh, sharing their favorite beverages at these said parties and then heading back home to their respected territories or, or states and bringing, bringing the knowledge of those beverages with them. They didn't have the internet. They had the Pony Express. Pretty fascinating. So another drink, we're going to fast forward almost 100 years now. And we're going to go into the 1970s, New Jersey, in uh, the creation of a drink that would become ordered all over the world and would become kind of a big deal in terms of uh, popularity and in terms of a drink that, that, that everyone knew or kind of thought they knew if they didn't really know what it was. But the kamikaze is, just like the Ricky a very simple concoction where the key ingredient is lime juice. And I think right here we could say a little something about lime juice upping your home bartender game. And there have been studies. So there's a great book that I have often gone back to. I had to look on the shelf over here what it's called. But it's called uh, Craft Cocktails at Home, which is a book that came out, it must have came out 10, 20 years ago. I think 10 years ago, because I believe it's the some of the guys from Employees Only. There's some cool stuff in there about lime juice and how they've done studies to see when lime juice was at its peak. Most people would say lime juice is perfect right after you juice it. But there was uh, some different studies were done. When is lime juice ideal? And a lot of people came to the six-hour mark. Lime juice is perfect after it has been juiced and then set in the refrigerator for six hours. Now, I don't know about all that, but um, I, I love lime juice, you know, fresh, juice it right into the glass. I think that's the best way. You get the oils, you juice it by hand, or you use a little hand juicer and you're going to get those oils. I think using it same day is, is key, but if you want to say that, um, if you want to say that lime juice is perfect after six hours and you know you're going to be making some cocktails that day, well, then just get your juicing out of the way early. Take a few limes. And, and not even cut them in half. I would quarter them. You're going to get a little bit more yield. And uh, juice a couple of limes. You're probably going to get around two ounces. You might get more if the limes are super ripe. You might get less if they're small and tight. But juicing lime is going to up your cocktail game. That's going to allow you to do this kamikaze. We're going to talk about the Ricky, the Margarita, the Gimlet, uh, uh, all these different things. Jack Rose, um, Anyway, fresh lime juice, a really important <laughs> daiquiri. I didn't even mention daiquiri. A really important ingredient is fresh lime juice. So the kamikaze is 
equal parts vodka, triple sec, and lime juice. And it was cocktail historian David Wondrich who noted, I think he was one of the first people to kind of uncover the story that uh, the kamikaze drink was created by Richard Stein. He was the proprietor of Richard's Lounge in Lakewood, New Jersey. The drink goes back to 1976. We're going to talk a little bit about Richard's Lounge. It's just a phenomenal place and a super cool outpost of New Jersey drinking and jazz history. So there's some fascinating things to get into with Richard's Lounge, but kamikaze is a Japanese word which means divine wind. Yeah, you know how they got how that name came about? Talk to me. It was the uh, invasion by uh, Kublai Khan, actually. In the 13th century, he attempted to invade Japan. He had something like 30,000 troops to invade Japan. And the bad weather, uh, due to bad weather, he had to cancel oh, the right. invasion of Japan. Yes, and typhoons. And five years later with tw- like over twice as many troops. And a typhoon, once again, blew him off course. And ever since then, the, there's been the, the kamikaze legend of the d- divine wind protecting. It's amazing. Um, and then there's another uh, little um, little fact of when the, the name kamikaze might have come back to the lexicon in Japan or something that they were thinking about prior to, now right just prior to World War II when kamikaze became a phrase that, that a lot of people knew. But Kamikaze was the name of a Jap- Japanese monoplane that made a record-breaking flight from Tokyo to London in 1937 for the Asahi newspaper group. And the plane was called Kamikaze, um, which is just crazy. There's a lot, of, a lot of really interesting facts around the name Kam- Kamikaze, the name of this drink. You know, you think of it as like, this, this drink is not cool. This drink is lame. This is a shot that people... I mean, I made so many kamikazes when I was bartending in Boulder, college bars, and we just knew it was like vodka and some stuff. It was like you never put the same three things in there. It was a different era. And yeah, um, just like a dance around your like little beverage gun. Yeah, it was just vodka and stuff, shake it up, and pour as many shots out of that tin as you can. Um, because if you if someone ordered four kamikaze shots and you ended up getting eight, you were going to sell those other four really quick. That's true. Before the formation of kamikaze units in World War II, pilots had been making deliberate crashes as a last resort when their planes had suffered severe damage and they did not want to risk being captured. They realized that some of those crashes were leading to a lot of damage to the enemy and to uh, naval units. In the South Pacific, so especially towards the end of the campaign, 1945, it was uh, becoming more and more common. Well, it was pretty bad. It was pretty freaking boss move for them to do. It was war, and uh, it was a very scary thing to deal with for uh, for the United States Navy out there in, in the Pacific. I mean, it was the, the, the 1940s equivalent of squaring up to some guy that you're about to fight. He just starts punching himself in the face. Like, you don't want to mess with that guy. Like, he's fucking crazy. And and that's kind of what, uh, that was kind of the psyche that the the Japanese military wanted to instill. And by God, like, 
thinking about it, the more you think about it, the more fucked up it is. Anyway, let's talk about the drink. Shit. Yeah. Okay. So the the drink, if we were gonna give a recipe, we did we did mention earlier it was equal parts. So I would just say if you want to make some fun kamikaze shots at home, um, do an ounce of vodka, sub in another spirit. We're we're by the end of this, we're gonna be telling you that. The kamikaze and the Ricky are both really just tequila drinks, <laughs> especially this summer. They can't be. They can't be, yeah. Yeah, and we got National Tequila Day coming tomorrow, Friday, July 24th. There's that. But, uh, yeah, you could do an ounce of vodka or another spirit, an ounce of triple sec, Cointreau, and an ounce of fresh lime juice. Got to do the fresh lime juice. And that's that's really your easy kamikaze recipe. Now, what in my research, what was more interesting, what was really fascinating about this drink was the more I really looked into to this Richard's Lounge, which was apparently just such an important club for the jazz scene there in New Jersey and in, uh, in the East Coast there. I found a, a really cool blog, Jeff Berlotti, and Jeff Berlotti's blog, Disorganized Crime, he has some really cool remembrances of people who played at Richard's Lounge back in the 70s, and he has some obituaries. I'm going to read something he wrote about a woman named Adrian Lipkin, who died in 2013. Jeff had written about her on his website. She died yesterday in the hospital from multi-organ failure. This was something he wrote uh, May of 2013. He said, for all of us that knew Adrian... I don't need to say much other than she was a bright light in a world otherwise dominated in shadows. Her sense of humor was nothing short of a gift to anyone that had the blessing of knowing her. There's not too many jazz musicians that didn't play Richard's Lounge in the early 70s. Actually, there weren't any great players that didn't play there other than Miles Davis. And all of them would smile ear to ear with a knee-jerk reaction to remembering Adrian and her pure, honest, loving sense of humor. The world won't be the same without you. Smooth sailing, good friend, love you. A really nice remembrance there from Jeff on the blog. And then there's some really cool follow-ups from Adrian's family, Adrian's nephew and her uh, sister, both wrote comments on this blog. Thank you so much for your beautiful and kind words about my Auntie A. And then her sister, uh, Maxine, said, I can't thank you enough for bringing out the beauty in my sister's personality in your blog. She will be sorely missed. Jeff has written about musicians on, on this blog about people who played at this legendary jazz club, Richard's Lounge, where the kamikaze was invented. He writes about Joe Farrell, Jimmy Garrison, and Elvin Jones. Uh, he's got a post on here. I used to sit a few feet from Joe Farrell playing his butt off at Richard's Lounge when I was a 16-year-old kid living in the house in back of Richard's in Lakewood, New Jersey, along with a dozen other musicians and artists and a comedian named Uncle Dirty. Uh, Richard, <laughs> Richard was Freddie Hubbard's drummer for a good while. His jazz club was legendary. Everyone plays at Richard's. Some of the best memories that I can remember. So one of the purposes of this really cool blog, Jeff Bertolotti, is the fact that Jeff lived behind Richard's and knows all the stories of all these old jazz musicians playing there. And just a really cool side that I found that I had to share here on the podcast. You never really know where looking into some of these drinks where it's going to take you. 
Um, and then another thing I can point our listeners, if you go to drinknation.com, drinknation.com, it's an old website, but their, their uh, thread about the kamikaze has some really hilarious things. Like somebody says, um, like, I know it's vodka, Cointreau, and lime juice, but can I sub the gin for Cointreau? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which is amazing. Someone's like, can I just do vodka, gin, and lime juice? <laughs> and like, why would... You- why would why would why do you need to go to the internet to ask if you can do that? Uh, oh man! And then somebody else on that one on that thread says you always have to drink at least five of them. <laughs> the first drink I ever had with my dad at a bar, and I really loved it. It can kick your ass. <laughs> That's amazing. Somebody else on the uh, Drink Nation thread says, you're a bunch of wussies. There's nothing better than old number seven. I've tried them all for many years. Wow. <laughs> what, all the numbers? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> That's great, dude. And uh, so one, one little window into the cocktail... Um, renaissance as it was just getting going. You've got to give Dale DeGroff plenty of credit for that back in New York City, the king of the cocktail. His version in the 80s where he was like, guess what, everybody? Fresh lime juice is fucking awesome and you should probably be using it. But he his trick for the kamikaze that was becoming so popular at the time where people... Uh, through throughout the lime juice kind of in the early 80s and we're just using roses lime cordial triple sec and vodka uh dale degroff's version of the of the kamikaze brought back the fresh lime juice so he's sort of credited as one of the guys who was like no you got to do fresh lime but what he would do is take two lime wedges squeeze them into the shaking tin along with the holes of the lime the lime wedges so he would squeeze the lime Put the put the pieces in the tin, and then add the little bit of roses lime and the triple sec and two ounces of vodka. So his was a little bit stronger, and was almost made as a cocktail. But um, you got to give a shout out to Dale DeGroff. He was he was an early fan of fresh lime juice and helping to bring that back into our cocktails. So thank you, thank you, Dale. It's odd to hear it sometimes uh, described as a drink, which it very well can be for sure, but. I feel like my entire experience with that beverage, just, you know, uh, building it and, you know, and, and, and drinking it always involved some form of camaraderie. Sure. If it was with strangers, it was actually like, seemed like the shot to do with strangers. It was like, hey, we're partying. I don't know why, but. Yeah, it's always like, we're having a good time. We might as well. And that was just, that was the vibe of Boulder summer of 2002. Yeah. I think you touched on it really well earlier when you were talking about making four to eight of them. It always seemed to be some decently large number of them. So Yeah, it was always like six became eight really fast. It was like, I need, oh, sorry, dude, I need six kamikaze shots. And you're like, all right, well, here I am making eight. And then by the time that you're pouring them out, it was like, make it eight. Showed up and, and he brought Bill. Yeah, make it eight. It's like, no, I got you, man. I got you. <laughs> well, if you want to have fun, uh, if the sun is out too, you can sub. You can sub your uh, 
your Grand Marnier or your um, Cointreau with a little uh, blue Curacao. Like, obviously, why not? Like, make it fun. Yeah, and that's 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 definitely a widely praised and accepted uh, riff on the Kamikaze is, and it's called the Blue Kamikaze, where you sub the Blue Curacao. And then it's worth noting here as we as we look to wrap things up on our double dose of shots that the Kamikaze number two is widely accepted to be just tequila, lime juice, and Cointreau. Now for our ultimate kamikaze number two we're gonna say make this thing like you're making an old style 80s martini and what you're gonna do is you can almost make this thing purple if you do two ounces of tequila three quarter ounce of lime juice half ounce of cointreau and a bar spoon of blue curacao and maybe i would like to see maybe a little bar spoon of agave and a good healthy pinch of salt and shake all that up and serve it in a Cosmo-style martini glass. And you have the ultimate kamikaze number two, which I really think would blow minds. And uh, I think people would really enjoy that drink. So that's that's the kamikaze number two. And similar to the Ricky, it's like, these are tequila drinks. You need tequila, lime juice, fresh lime juice all the way. Uh, maybe a little bit of salt. And with the Ricky, add a little bit of soda and... The kamikaze number two, you know, get funky with the orange curacao, maybe a touch of agave mixture, but the backbone is really the tequila and the lime juice. Certainly, certainly. And so we're, the pop rocks. The and pop rocks that you rim the glass with. Oh, damn. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Pop rock salt rim. Whoa. Yeah. Damn. Good one. Yeah, imagine that. You got a purple refresher a purple kamikaze number two cocktail with your pop rock salt rim i think we just created a masterpiece well i hope you plan on making a lot of them that sounds like the sort of drink that someone sitting at a table is going to be like what's that i'll have that before you know it mike you're making 50 of them yep back in the old days (laughs) well if you're gonna make 50 of anything might as well make it all the same that's right. You're going to need a lot of lime juice. Um, and that that's kind of what we're going to do, be doing here for, you know, the late summer and heading into fall is getting you ready to be the ultimate home bartender as we are stuck at home a little bit more than we had anticipated. And fresh lime juice is really a weapon for you and, a, and a, just a tool in your arsenal. Juice it in the morning, use it in the afternoon, juice it, strain it. You really want to be using your lime juice on that same day. To get the most out of it. Well, I think we just solved the world's problems. I don't know about you. You know Helen Keller had a dog named Kamikaze? Wow, I did not know that. You've been saving that. Yeah, yeah, I had to throw it in there before this episode was over. Uh, Yeah, she she was gifted a a Kita, like the the dog. Yeah. And um, she named it Kamikaze. And it was the first Akita in the United States. Helen Keller's dog. Who knew? Holy cow. That's amazing. Dog news. Dog news. That might have to be a new feature. Dog news from Kenneth Edmund. Oh. Or uh, dog history. That would be a whole new podcast. Well, that's like drunk history, but it's dog history. Damn, dude. A new feature is born. <laughs> dog history with Kenneth Dedman. Well, I hadn't I hadn't anticipated such a productive double shot. It's straight to work on the new one, yeah. 
Yeah, is this the first um is this the first hyper productive double shot in history? I feel like that coffee finally kicked in, so whatever we got left is gonna be definitely productive, Mike. It's nighttime in the city and Kenneth Dedman is drinking coffee and talking about dogs. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a normal day, buddy. Well, this was a lot of fun, Kenneth. Always good hearing your voice. We look forward to more. We got Agave Month coming up in August. We're going to talk about that beautiful plant and family of plants and uh, get out in the desert and get a little wild with it. Want to give a shout out to everybody at We Own This Town, weownthistown.net. Thank you, Michael. Find us on Instagram at liquidgold underscore pod. That is at liquidgold underscore pod. You can email us a question or a recipe or talk some trash to us at liquidgoldpod at gmail.com. My name's Mike Wolf. You can find my book, Garden to Glass. I've got links on my Instagram, Mike Wolf underscore Garden to Glass. You can find my book from Turner Publishing at turnerpublishing.com and at bookshop.org and locally here in Nashville, the bookshop in East Nashville, Parnassus Books, as well as other fine bookstores all over the country. So check that out. Lots more great content for you to come here. My, my co-host, Kenneth Dedman, you can find him on Instagram at D-E-D-M-O-N-K, the dead monk himself. That's me. All right, Kenneth. Well, I look forward to Agave Month, brother, and we will be talking to you soon, man. Hell yeah, bro. Yeah, you thirsty out there. Keep them cold and roll. All right. We'll see you all next time on Liquid Gold.